Word this morning. Come on. In a series, Back on Your Feet Again. Now, normally I will do a Mother's Day message on Mother's Day. But, uh, you know, I'm going to stay right here. And I'm going to stay with this series today. And I, I, because this, this, is what, this is what Mama would want me to do. You hear me? Because that's where we get sometimes. We get on our back and what we're going to do. Get up! Amen. But how do you do it? How do you stay up? And we're following the disciples. So Jesus, in the garden, betrayed by Judas, the disciples sleeping. Then they all deny him. Not just Peter. Every one of them forsook him and fled, the Bible says. Last time, now Jesus is resurrected. And we see that Jesus appeared to the disciples two times. One time without Thomas present. And they told Thomas, who showed up, when you won't hear. That's why you need to be at church every Sunday. <laughs> Amen. Say, you won't believe what happened. Anyway, come on. But uh, they told Thomas, you won't believe who showed up when you were out. You know he felt like a dog. Don't you know that? Say, you know Jesus rose from the dead and he showed up and, and you were out doing whatever. Boy, I'd hate that on my resume, wouldn't you say? But he says, well, I don't believe it. I don't believe a thing about it. I think y'all lying to me, every one of you. And I won't believe it until I see the nail prints in his hands. And I thrust my, my hand into his side. And you know what? Jesus showed up again. And Thomas looked at those hands and that side. And Jesus said, Thomas, blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. Amen. He wouldn't believe unless he could see. Well, that's where you and I showed up. We haven't seen, but we believe. Amen. So we're part of that story. So now what's happening with the disciples? Let's follow them. Let's see what we can find. Amen. From floundering to fishing. From floundering to fishing. Jesus has called these men and women to be fishers of men. And he called professional fishermen, most of them, not all of them, were professional fishermen. Who better to call to fish than professional fishermen? The problem is, you ain't fishing for fish no more. You're fishing for what really matters. People. People matter. Say that with me. People matter. One more time. People matter. I was with Coach the other night at the ball game. It's a blue-orange game at the high school, inner squad. And I love going to football games and being there because guess what? There's people there, people I hadn't seen in a while. Young people, older people, teachers, cops, you know, all kinds of people from all walks of life. And I can just look at them and I can have a relationship with so many of them because you know what? They matter. Amen. And I was fishing. And loving on people. Amen. That's more important than catching that fish out there in that ocean. Amen. Y'all listening to me say. Now I like that too. Don't get me wrong. From floundering to fishing. Let's go with it, Raj. Floundering sounds like fishing. When I was a kid, I went floundering. And I thought... I never knew floundering would bite, Don. I didn't know they'd bite a hook. Because that's not how we did it when I was a kid. We went up to Virginia Beach area 
And we'd go out there by those rocks and walk out in the water area with, a, with one of these things. You know what this is called? A gigger. Yes or no? And we'd go out there and you see them in the sand? And that's how we did it. Then I come to Florida and I'm out there fishing as a young man. And I got my line out and then this spooky looking thing on the end of my line comes up. Two eyeballs on one side of his head. White on one side, black on the other. I'm, what is that? I've got a ray or something. No, you got a flounder. Amen? Listen, floundering sounds like fishing, but it ain't fishing in this story today. Floundering ain't fishing. Pop it up. Push me, buddy. Thank you. The word flounder, what does it mean? Say it with me. It means to what? And these boys are struggling. They are struggling. It means fear and failure and more fear, and it makes it difficult to move forward. You ever floundered in your life? Come on, be honest with me. I floundered, Pastor. Yeah, I floundered. I mean, you know, you got your eyes on one side of the head. You know what I'm saying? A little funky going on. That's a flounder. You're floundering. Defeat and despair, they're debilitating, and it makes you what in life? Directionless, floundering, you don't know which way to go. I'm just, I'm, I'm flopping and I'm, I'm not getting anywhere. Amen? Floundering is movement. Floundering is movement. But it's movement in my own strength. That's what it means to me. Floundering is movement. Yeah, we're, and the disciples were moving and they're, they're, but they're moving in their own strength. They certainly aren't going to win the world to Jesus. Something's got to happen. If they're going to get it done. They're floundering. They're moving in their own strength and their own ability. That's what it means. Floundering, say it with me loud. Floundering is not... One more time. Floundering is not faith. Faith is not seeing and still believing. A lot of people come to church on a Sunday morning or so-called live a Christian life... And they think they have faith, and all you're doing is floundering. You dress it up. You have your Bible. You got some movement going on, but you're not getting anywhere. That's called floundering. Did I make the point? We got what floundering is? Don't forget those two eyeballs on the one side of that fish's head. You ever been floundering so bad you couldn't see straight? Let me see your hand. Come on. I mean, I flounder, man. I couldn't even see straight. My eyes were on one side of my head. That's what floundering is. Perfect fish to talk about this story today. Keep looking. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. If you ever wonder, what's one of Pastor Gary's favorite scriptures? Oh, this is it. This is it. This is it. One of them. I got several. I love this passage. Here's the disciples. They met with Jesus twice. The resurrected Jesus. Wouldn't you think if you met with the resurrected Jesus one time, you'd be lit up and ready to go? See? But that's not the way it is. How many ever struggled and you, and you, even, you even fell away from the Lord? And you can't believe you did that. Can I see your hand? Do you mind talking to me a little bit? You can't even believe you did it. You can't even believe you did it. It happens. After these things, Jesus showed himself what? Help me. Come on, y'all killing me. Jesus showed himself what? 
Now, he'd already appeared two times, so this is the what time? Got it. And he was appearing to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias because these suckers had moved before they're in the Jerusalem area. And he told them to stay here. But when you flounder and you're moving, but you're not going the right direction. All Grand Central Station was Jerusalem. Acts 2, you'll see it. Holy Spirit comes down. Hundreds of thousands of people are there for the launch of Christianity. But they're in Galilee. So Jesus has to go where they at. Y'all listening to me or not? <laughs> so he goes to the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee. And he showed himself the third time. And they were together. Say it with me. Who? Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee. And I always love that last part right there. Say that with me. And what? I always like to think you and I are there. We flounder too. We're supposed to be somewhere doing something and we ain't. And we're in the story. I like that those two others aren't named. Simon Peter says unto them, say it with me, I go fishing. And they said unto him, we're going to go with you. And they went forth and they entered into their boat that night immediately. Because they were fishermen. But they ain't been doing this kind of fishing for a while. Remember, they, they walked with the Lord about how many years? Three. And now they're going back to their old way, their old kind of fishing, and they're floundering. Y'all hear me or not? And that night they caught what? Nothing. So let's put the chalkboard up and let's do some teaching here. Here we go. Let's, look, let's do some math this morning. Y'all ready? Say, here we go. And by the way, if you're here for the first time, you go, wow, that pastor's really weird. You know, you're probably strange, too. <laughs> now, if you'll listen, though, today, the way we do things with this big old screen, you might learn this Bible story, and you'll go, wow, I love that. Amen? This is awesome. So here's the old chalkboard this morning. What have we learned so far? My own strength plus my own ability equals what? Can we say that together and do some math at the church this morning? My own Strength plus my own equals. That's called floundering. Amen? My strength, my ability, without Jesus, without me, you can do what the Bible says. Nothing. I'm the vine. You're the branches, Jesus says. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Say it with me. For without me, you can do nothing. I think that's what's happened today to our world. I think that not everywhere, thank God. Thank God. But I think a lot of churches are dying. They're struggling. I saw some crazy stats. 80% of those going into the ministry within the first year and a half now quit for good. 80%. Woo! The failure rate, there's only one county. I saw a recent stat in the United States of America. One county in the United States of America where the church of Jesus Christ is growing. 
countywide. Christianity. New converts. That's a crazy stat, isn't it? Say, this is my town. Say that with me. This is what? Now, we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but somebody better start telling about their town. Y'all hear me or not? Come on. Don't come up and criticize me. Y'all got missions and you got all that. Yeah, I got a big deck. I sound like Bobby Bowden. Don't think that's a cuss word, daggum, because Bobby Bowden said it all the time. Amen? But I better watch it. Amen. Come on. Are y'all listening or not? Guys, I'm meeting with some missionaries, I think, this week. The Romanian couple. Are y'all here this morning? Isn't that awesome? I love you guys. And you are from where? And you got a passion for where? Tell me. Romania. Isn't that great? Because that's your town. and your. Isn't that right? That doesn't mean we can't work together, right? We can work together. But somebody better care about where they at. Yes or no? Amen. Say. You agree with that, Mr. Missionary? Amen. Praise the Lord. When the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. They hadn't caught a thing. Say that last part with me. But the disciples what? That it was who? Sometimes when you flounder and you can't see Jesus... You just can't see good. You know what I mean? Two eyes on one side of your head, looking like a flounder going all around. What's wrong with you? Then Jesus said unto them, and I love this word. I don't know why it's there, but I'm sure it's very important. The, the phrasing, children, have ye any meat? I know it's a term of endearment for sure. But it might be another term as well. How you doing, kids? <laughs> How you doing out there without me on your own, on your own street? Say, amen. And they answered him, what? No. They don't know it's him, though. Keep looking. These boys were what? Hang in here with me. Now, if Jesus knows, now Jesus knows everything. You remember the old signs back in the day, Bo knows? Bo knows, Bo knows, and Bo knows this, and Bo knows that. And if you're an athlete, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes or no? Bo, Bo knows, Bo knows. Let me tell you something right now. Bo don't know much. I'm going to say that to you. Jesus knows. Jesus knows fishing. Amen? And he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's called, it, called him to. Abide in me and I in you. We said it before. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you do what? You abide in me. You're floundering. You're moving. You're moving all right. You're moving in the wrong direction. You're fishing for the wrong fish. How do you get back on your feet again is the message this morning. Jesus is the master caster. I took Danny and Abby yesterday with me to the beach and we went on a trail and we hiked and we went and rode bikes. And every good father finishes by going to Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Amen. So, had a good day, but we saw a couple of people, a, a, a dad, and had a young daughter. She must have been 10 years old. And I'm going to tell you something. She was on that small bridge for, when you come over to Tom Adams and you got the little bridge. That girl was 10 years old, and if she didn't throw a perfect circle, I ain't, she did as good as anybody could do. I bet money she is from Polk County. I'm telling you what, those people in Polk County, they come over here, man, and they catch fish like crazy. 
So anyway, that girl could throw that net. Jesus is the master caster. He said unto the disciples, they don't know it's him, cast a net on the what side? Because they on the wrong, they're doing something wrong here. And you're going to find them. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the what? Multitude of fishes. So Jesus knows. Keep looking. Talking about going from floundering to fishing. I love it because he's meeting them where they are. Got to keep moving. Floundering is moving in our own strength and our own ability. And we're going to stop right here for just a moment. When we're floundering, we're moving in our own strength and our own ability, and we only see who? Us. Have y'all been there where you're in a mess, can't find your way out? You even can start to blame God. Instead of Him being your friend, He becomes almost like your enemy. It's crazy. It happens. You can't, you can't get out. I saw this passage, Joe, and it was a beautiful... I've, never, I've read this thing so many times, it ain't even funny. I've preached it a bunch of times. But I saw something with Raj in my office. We're sitting there because we always go over the message. And I like having somebody to talk to because you get to see different things. So we're sitting there talking... And this hit me. I am so glad the disciples didn't catch any fish. The danger with floundering is you might be good at it. You might be successful at it. Your own strength, your own ability, your own way. And if you ever get really good at floundering, you might not find your way back to Jesus. Did I lose you or not? Tom came to me last week and he said something to me after the service about failure. He said every time he fails, he thanks the Lord for it. Sounds like a weird statement. But he thanks the Lord for failure because he relies on the Lord. The Lord's going to have to help him again in the future. He's going to learn from that failure. He's going to see how he can do better. Instead of being ticked off about failure, we can learn from failure. Yes or no? And I thought, boy, I'm glad these disciples failed. If they hadn't have failed, you and I might not be here today. Have you ever thought of that? Yes or no? Because they failed, Jesus showed up, talked to them, and interrupted them and in where they were headed in life. They were headed down the wrong path, guys. Yes or no? They were only seeing themselves now. Jesus wasn't with them every day. They're going to have to do like you and me. Faith, seeing, without, uh, believing without seeing, but still what? Believing. So what happens? They throw the net, they catch the fish, they've only been looking at themselves. But wait a minute. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Now John's writing this, so John always called himself that. You know, how many thought you were mama's favorite? Can I see your hand? I was mama's favorite. How many know you were mama's favorite? It's just the way it is. Well, that was me. Amen. And all of us Clark kids would say that. We're the favorite. We'd fight you over it. Amen. So here's John, the disciple whom Jesus loves, says unto Peter. Here's what he says. Say it with me. It's the. Come on. One more time. It's the. That floundering movement is sort of stopping. I, I can feel, uh-oh, uh-oh, one of my eyeballs on that old flounder went. 
start opening that eye a little bit and looking. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm so glad they didn't succeed. And Jesus showed up and they listened and they did. Because now he's seeing better. Did I lose you on that? If you want to get back on your feet again. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. One of my favorite scriptures. He girt, girt, girt. I had an Aunt Gertie, believe it or not. He girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was what? If you and I ever go fishing, fellas, it ain't happening that way. No, I'm sure they wore an outer garment, a coat, and then they wore a cloak, and then they wore some undergarments. And so it's very likely, for sure, no doubt, he's fishing in his underwear. And I ain't going to be thrilled to fish with you in your underwear, but if I had to, I would, okay? Good, I don't want you to go either. <laughs> so it's the Lord and Peter cast himself into the ship. We didn't worry about that coat. We ain't worried about nothing. We're going to short underwear. Amen, here we go. I guess he did grab it, but he, I think he's still hanging in there. Come on. And the other disciples came in a little boat, and for they weren't far from land, as it's written, about 200 cubits. They were dragging what? Dragging that net with them. Keep looking. Jesus leads and Jesus feeds. We see that in this story. When you go from floundering to start back, to get your eye back where it needs to be just a little bit. Now listen, when you're floundering, you're not going to get all perfect overnight. No, and it's not going to ever happen, most likely. But that's why Jesus said, if you'll have faith the size of a grain of what? You can move mountains. All you've got to do is just get your eye off yourself a little bit and see him just a little bit. It can change your whole life. It can change your movement. So as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals, and there was what laying there? They ain't even got to the shore with the fish yet. There's already fish there. I guess we didn't need the fish to get the fish. When you got the master caster, you got the fish. Amen, say. So fish is already there. Okay? They laid their fish on it. And bread, Jesus said unto them, bring you the fish which you've now caught. Maybe fish won't there. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. That's okay. Jesus said unto them, bring of the fish which you've now caught. Simon Peter went up. He drew the net to land. It was full of how many fish? A hundred and fifty what? And that's the Sea of Galilee. We're talking about the ocean out here. It's a, it's a six by a thirteen mile lake. And there were so many, yet the net was not broken. Beautiful story. Keep looking. Jesus said unto them, say that with me. Come and... There's a scripture, reminds me of this one, it's Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door to me, I'll come in and have supper with him and he with me. And that's what Jesus did right here. He's like, guys, I'm right here. I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to flounder your way through life. I'm right there knocking in that door. Look, look, look what happened, guys. You didn't see me, but is the fire ready? Are we eating supper? Jesus wants you to come back to him. He wants you to stay solid. He wants you to get back on your feet again. Are y'all listening? Have I lost you with a crazy story this morning? I get it. He takes the bread. He gives it to them and the fish. And this is the what time? Third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was what? Risen from the dead. Let's keep looking. From floundering to fishing, we're almost done. Moving from fear and failure will never be done by floundering. 
moving from fear and failure in, in your life will never be done by, by floundering. If you want to get back on your feet again, the way to get back on your feet again is not laying flat of your back where both eyes grow out of one side of your head. That is not. And then you flop in the sand. And somebody comes along and sticks you with a gigger. You want that? Say, I want to be upright, baby. I want to be like, hello. Amen. I want to be Come on. Moving from failure will never be done by floundering. It will only happen by how? When you see stories like this and we talk about floundering and stuff, it makes scriptures like Hebrews 11.6 come alive. Listen to it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For we must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder to those that diligently seek Him. Guys, you can dress up for church, you can have your Bible, you can do this, and you can go through all the motions. But if it's floundering, God ain't in it. It's not in the Bible where God says, you can please me by floundering. You please me only by what? Faith. And you'll hear me a lot of times talk about the TV preachers and the charismatic movement, and I'm not a big fan to a lot of it. But you know what I am a big fan of? That that movement, even though much of it is crazy in my view, that movement has really put a spotlight on faith. And you need to have faith. And they should be applauded for that. Amen? You hear me? You hear me? We must have faith. We must have faith. We must have faith. You will never please God without what? You can have the big church, you can have this, you can have all the ducks in a row, and you can have everything up. But if you don't have faith, you have nothing. You have nothing. And that's what we've learned from this story today. Okay? Fear and failure will never be fixed by floundering. You're going to, get, you're going to go forward in your life by getting back off, your, off, off that back and start having faith. But the, the beautiful thing is, you don't have to have a lot of faith. Because you've got a big God. Amen? Say he knows your situation. The biggest hurdle we have to jump is our own crazy what? Now, when I talk, I'm talking about Gary today. I can get up here and talk and go right back on my back with my eyes on both like that. I'm talking to me today, Gary. You believe me, son. You trust in me. I know you're 55. But you got them little girls and you can do it, Gary. You hear me say? That church thing out in Rotunda, yeah, I know the crowd, a lot of them going up north. Guess what? You're going to stay steady, Clark. And go reach people for Christ all summer long. Amen? Say. That's the plan. Y'all hear me, yes or no? Got a terrace, guess what? We're going to work the best we can, but we're not going to rely on our own strength. We're going to do the best we can. We're going to plan. We're going to try to do the best bidding. We're going to do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, we're going to trust the Lord. You hear how this works or not? If you've been hurt by somebody, they've walked out of your life. Listen, you're still alive. you still got to make it. you got to get up off your back. Floundering ain't going to fly, fellas. Or ma'am, ain't going to cut it. Here's what Mama said. If we think we can't, we won't. 
if we think we're beaten. We are. My mama said that. How do you know mama said it? Because she put it in a cross stitch. And it hangs in my old church in Rockingham, North Carolina on the wall of the, of the, of the building that's dedicated to my mama's memory. If you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win, but don't think, but think you can't, it's almost a sense that you won't. I can still hear mama. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out in the world we find success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But sooner or late, the man who wins is the one who thinks he can. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all listening? And know, and know this sitting in your own strength. That's with Jesus' strength. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, buddy, for that. Let's finish the message. Watch Jesus lovingly deal with Peter. Because Peter's going to be the leader of this bunch. He's not the one that a lot of us would have chosen. But Jesus sees in us things we can't see ourselves. And He lovingly moves Peter from fear and failure. Peter's on his back. All Peter's done, but thank God it was something. He jumped from that boat and swam to Jesus. And now Jesus takes that little effort that He made. In the midst of His fear and failure and denying Christ, all He did Jesus is going to move him. Watch him. He moves him from fear and failure to faith. Push me, Rod. So when they had dined, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Listen, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? These what? These fish. Do you love me more than, than what you're good at? And what you've done your whole life. He says, Lord, you know I love you. And he said then, feed the lambs. I saw it different in my office this week. Quit going after fish and start caring about what really matters, people. Feed my people. Feed my people. Feed my people. Go out there and feed those lambs, man. Y'all hear me or not? Had a lady come see me. And I think she's already gone up north, but she said, I really love you except when you get loud. Uh-oh, God. Now, is that you agree with her? You do? Come on, stop. He says to him the second time, Simon, Peter, of course, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know I love you. Say it with me then. He says, then do what? Feed my sheep. It's funny, I don't hear him saying feeding fish up here. Do you see that? Yes or no? Feed my sheep. People matter, Peter. Not that your fishing doesn't matter. You've been good at it, Peter. But that's not what it's about. People. People need the Lord. They need you, Peter. He says unto him, the what time? How many times did Peter deny Christ in Scripture? 
I love the fact that Jesus lovingly deals with Peter because that just haunted him because he was a winner. He was a guy that was strong. It must have just ate at his soul, him not standing for the Lord. So Peter, uh, Jesus lovingly deals with him, and he gets his adjustment back on what needs to be. Off of fishing on who? People. Put them on those people, baby. Start reaching those people. He says a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? Say this part with me. Peter was grieved because Jesus said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And the light went on. And that can happen to you today. You say, Pastor, I'm on my back. I'm floundering. My eyes are on one side of my head. I'm not getting anywhere. My own strength. I don't think I can make it. Then you won't. I think I'm beaten. Then you are. Come on. If you will listen, you can get off your back and on your feet again. You hear me or not? My mother was beaten. My mother was abused. But for so many years, we didn't know. We're not there at the house. We're grown and gone. But the reason we didn't know And I don't agree with all this, guys. I want people to share if you're being abused and hurt. And that's what my daughter does for her life now, is works with women that are abused and hurt. But when you met my mother, you met a champion. She had a smile about her face. She loved people. And Mama never whined. I'm not saying she shouldn't have told more people. But honestly, she didn't have a good support group. And a restraining order is simply just a piece of paper. And he was going to do what he was going to do. And so Mama chose, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to live for God, and God, I'm going to put it on you, and you're going to help keep me going. And she was a beautiful, victorious person. You can get back up again. So he says to Peter, do you love me? And Peter says to the Lord, say this part with me. You know all things. Say it with me. Jesus, you know that I what? Peter had lost sight of that. It wasn't that he lost sight that Jesus loved him. He lost sight of the fact that Jesus knows I love him. Did I lose you? Peter lost the sight that Jesus knew he loved him. And when you lose that inside of you, I failed. I'm no good. I can't do it. I can't make it. Well, it was never about you being good that got him to love you anyway. When did you take over? Say, yes or no? When was it always about you doing right and got Jesus to love you? never was about that. It's always about Jesus loves me, this I know. Amen? Say. So Peter, the light went back on. Jesus didn't need to have a talk with him to see if Peter loved him. Jesus had a talk with Peter so Peter could see that he loved Jesus. Now lose you or not? And that's what you need to see. Are you a Christian? Are you a believer in Christ? Yes, Pastor. I'm a, yeah, but I'm on my back. Oh, listen to me. Well, if you believe in the Lord, and I believe you do, 
I believe inside of you is a love for the Lord. I mean, I know it's, it's just it's pitiful. It's gone out. You don't see it. I get that. But you have faith in Him. You know that His love's never ending. His love never will fail. Yours does. You see that. See that He knows who you are. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. He knows your weakness. And let Him lovingly pick you back up. Yes or no? Amen. And that's what He does with Peter. And guess what He says to him the third time? He says to him, then feed my sheep, buddy. Feed them. And you know what? Peter leaves here. Now, his act ain't totally together yet, but Peter is ready for the filling of the Holy Spirit, the living God. And Peter is ready to be the man Jesus always knew he could be. And he's going to get back up on his feet, and it's going to surprise us when we see him again. God, you know my heart, and you know I love you. Floundering ain't going to fly, folks. That's what we've been talking about today. Barely out saying to you, he's talking to Peter. Peter, when you were young, you girded yourself. You walked where you wanted to, Peter. But when you're old, Peter, I'm going to tell you something. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another is going to gird you, Peter, and he's going to carry you whether you, you don't want to go. Crazy Scripture. This spake Jesus, signifying by what death that Peter should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Sit with me. Follow me. He's actually speaking of Peter, you're going to live for me. And one day, they're going to kill you like they killed me. And one day, Peter, they're going to take your body like they did mine. Peter couldn't see that. Peter couldn't see the man he was going to be. Peter was going to be a fire for Jesus. He was going to live his life for God. Peter was going to write First and Second Peter in the Scriptures. Peter was going to be the one man in the New Testament that we feel like we can relate to. Isn't that how we feel? Yes or no? Jesus was saying, listen, you're going to lay down your life for me. You're going to carry the cross for me, Peter. You're going to go places you never dreamed with me. I love this story. Y'all getting it or not? It's all over the place this morning. When they first met years ago, three or four years earlier... This is when Jesus first met the disciples. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Andrew, his brother. This is when he just first met them. He just first met them. And they were out there casting the net, just like I saw that father and his daughter doing yesterday. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said unto them, this was three years earlier, Come after me, and I'll make you what? And you know what? That day, they forsook those nets, and they started following Jesus. Three years earlier. But something happened. They denied him. He got killed. But he's already resurrected. They'd seen him twice. Well, that was, well, he won't with them anymore every day. And through their fear and their failure, that's how they got on their back. And that's how they started to flounder him. But this story today is where these boys get back up again. Did y'all hear me or not? So don't ever forget John 21. I guess that's why I love it so much, because I'm in the story. How many of you say, Pastor Gary, I'm in that story. I'm in that story. I get it a little bit. I know I was all goofy a little bit today, but that's all right. They go from floundering to fishing. 
Oh, I'm sorry, a little quote today. To go from floundering to fishing, we must forsake the casting net and carry the cross. Who said that I did? Come on, one more time. To go from floundering to fishing, we must forsake the what? Cast net and start doing what? Carrying that cross. That's the life God has called us to. Get back on your feet again. That's my prayer for you today. Let's praise the Lord for His Word. Amen. Come on. Thank you, Lord, for your Word today.